your life. The break you need is right here. If you make the team, pow. It's time to play Rollerball! It's the world's number one phenomenon. I created a sport that you could thrive in. And three players rule the game. I told you, it's the promised land. On three. One, two, three. Jonathan, they knew. What are you talking about? Here, look. One camera follows the action, and four cameras follow Toba 15 seconds before it happened. Nothing goes on in this place without you knowing it. Oof. Now, it was only a matter of time before one of these creeps realized that their tape would go up as soon as they got a little blood on the track. The world's most dangerous game. Have you thought about the girl? People disappear all the time. Will become deadly. And the only chance they have... What's it gonna be, us or them? ...is to fight back. Get out of the car! They're going to kill you! Grab hold! We deal with this on the track ourselves. This may be getting out of hand. Maybe we should call the whole thing off. No. Rollerball. Let's play the game. It's simple. About as simple as using a name brand condom. The big thing in 2005 is a violent sport which can have some pretty serious consequences, like dying. That nonchalant, lazy tagline sums up this week's movie pretty well because... It's an understatement. They're both shit. <laughs> the tagline, shit. The movie, shit. Before we roll into that, we're a fearsome foursome this week. I'm Kevin, as always, joined by Jim. Hey, yo. Our teammates this week returning for the third time are Corey and Tunza. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's new with the two of you? Not much. I, uh, just the YouTube life and streaming. Yeah, same. Yeah. Work. I live there. Life in the time <laughs> of COVID. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, you've been here for Ready to Rumble, Ready Player One, but no ready in this one unless there's an alternate title called Ready to Rollerball. Nobody is in this movie, apparently, because Rollerball <laughs> really doesn't fucking matter in anything. Except ratings. I believe that this is the first remake we've covered. Am I right? I'm pretty sure. I think this is the first. Directed by John McTiernan and released in 2002, this is a much more action-centric remake of the 1975 Rollerball starring James Caan. Which is excellent. It's not. I know you hate it. <laughs> I love it, though. It's the slowest. It's a four-and-a-half-hour, two-hour movie. Four and a half hour, two hour. Movie. Yeah, that's what it feels like. You have to watch it in parts. But at like least in the first Rollerball, there's actual Rollerball yeah. in the fucking movie. I, I will say that that most of the movie actually takes place at Rollerball. It's more structured. Is there plot? Yeah, there actually is missing. too much plot. plot in the first. One. Yeah, it's nothing but people sitting in chairs and talking. To it's each your other. typical seventies sci-fi. That's what it is. Director John McTiernan is. Uh, popular on this podcast, his directing credits include Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, which we've covered, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. However, as good as his filmography is, John McTiernan went to federal prison because of this movie. His lockup actually stemmed from making a false statement to the FBI. You see, McTiernan had disagreed with the film's producer, Jar Charles Roven. I thought you were going to say Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> the film's producer, Jar Jar Binks. Misa, no, what rollerball? But uh, Charles, so basically they got a disagreement over what type of uh, film it should be. And McTiernan took that to a level of hiring a private investigator to illegally wiretap Roven 
so that he could listen to every phone call and conversation he had so he could determine Rovin's true motive. And then again, uh, McTiernan lied to the FBI and it landed him in federal prison over rollerball. Yeah. This, Jesus. This movie had a very 2002 soundtrack featuring oh. POD, Drowning Pool, Slipknot, Rob Zombie, Fear Factory, Green Day, and everyone's favorite, <laughs> Hoobastank. And Saliva. Yeah, and Saliva. Well, here comes the boom. Tons of pointed out. He <laughs> was like, oh, this movie has this song. In, in every 2000 song. And then it, the culmination was a movie called Here Comes the Boom. Yeah. Jim, it wouldn't be too far-fetched if one of these artists held the top song at the time of release. Oh, you'd be surprised what ends up having the top song. But please tell us, along with the budget box office and how we were living in 2002, my graduation year from high school. Okay, so on February the 8th, 2002, the world was graced with this remake of a movie that is one logic-ridden clusterfuck. With a $70 million budget. $70 million. Guess how much it made. Take a guess. Tunza. Two. Kev. $40 million. Corey. $15. $25 million. Uh. It made it to box office. Is that good? I For this movie, I would have to say so because Tunza brought up the point as we were rewatching this movie. We were 37 minutes into the movie. Tunza literally said, "Where's? I don't even know what's going on. I have no <laughs> idea. That is this movie in a nutshell. But one thing that was going on in the world that made perfect sense, the trial of former president of Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, Kevin's favorite, Slobodan Milosevic, begins at the United Nations War, war Crimes, or War Crimes, whatever, tribunal at The Hague. Four years later, he dies before its conclusion because he was a piece of shit. Was he in this movie? Uh, I think he, he was. He was probably one of the team owners, probably one, at this rate. I don't know. One of the gold team players that we see. like <laughs> Gold team player. Cattle farmer. <laughs> yeah. At the Tri-County. <laughs> Tri-County. <laughs> at the Tri-State Crematory in Lafayette, Georgia, investigators find uncremated bodies disposed in the woods and buildings. I remember this. On the crematorium's property. One of the worst incidences of abuse in the funeral service Yep, they industry. were not getting rid of the bodies. They were taking on the bodies to cremate, and I guess their the crematory was down, or they were just lazy or whatever, and they were just like burying some half-ass, burying some of the bodies and storing some of them. Jesus Christ. They basically like just made a body farm. One man who I believe would have embraced Rollerball and called it properly, George, what do you think? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to The Sports Machine. So Super Bowl 36, and according to this movie, this would have had a 98.1 global share. Super Bowl 36 took place in New Orleans. Tom Brady breaks through and wins the Super Bowl against the St. Louis Rams 20 to 17. Mighty Tom Brady, go blue. The 51st NBA All-Star Game in Philly. The West beats the East 135-120 and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace was the MVP. And Kevin, you brought up earlier, what could the number one song in America be at the time? Wasn't anything on this soundtrack. It was, You Got It Bad by Usher. Wow. You got it bad. You got it bad. You got it bad. You got it bad. Good song. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it being played during this movie. That would have been cool. Because none of us wanted it bad during for the ball. the boiler room sex scene. <laughs> boiler room sauna cuddle sex scene. With a uh, live video replay. Your face doesn't look as bad as you think. <laughs> Fucking Keanu Reeves guy. They could have worked any song into this movie. Oh, they could have. It would have made more sense than what this movie ended up turning out to be. However, it did not become the number one movie in America. That was reserved for Black Hawk. Down. All right. So Black Hawk Down was the number one movie in America. And that's all that was going on in February of 2002. All right. You guys ready for this plot? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I got to learn about the movie. Let's <laughs> skate into the plot. Is it a sentence long? It's the distant future, the distant dystopian future of 2005. <laughs> Just three years forward from this movie's release. The sport of rollerball is an international hit. It's sort of like roller derby with motorcycles and a ball that gets released and you have to throw it at a gong. <laughs> it's a metal ball. Marcus Riley is a current rollerball star who recruits NHL prospect Jonathan Cross to join the Zambel Horseman in Kazakhstan. 
Very nice, my wife. Funny thing is though, throughout this whole movie, you didn't know they were called Zambell. You no. no fucking idea. No. They never brought it up. Jonathan quickly becomes the face of the league, and at one point says. What's Heyman say? He says the biggest star in the history of rollerball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in four months. And uh, Jonathan gets into the accompanying lifestyle of partying and sports cars. Oh, yeah. However, Jonathan and Marcus realize that the league's promoter, Alexi, along with Alexi's assistant, Sanjay, are in a way fixing matches. Essentially, Alexi and Sanjay have noticed the correlation between violence and ratings and sponsorship. They're essentially staging brutal injuries. Jonathan and Marcus decide for their safety that they should flee the country, but they are captured before they reach the Russian border. As punishment, Alexei trades Jonathan's love interest to the opposing team, and oh yeah, he removes all rules from the upcoming rollerball match, where the plan is that this will be an unadvertised public execution of Jonathan. With the help of his teammates, and I guess for what it's worth, the opposite team, the Horde, as well, Jonathan starts a revolution, opening the fans' eyes, who I'm guessing, like, Jonathan kills Alexi and Sanjay. It turns into a mass murder but I, spree. I think the fans turn on the everyone else. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's hard to So, decipher. guys, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into characters. Ah, oh, let's do it. Chris Klein as Jonathan Cross. Whoa. Originally... Keanu Reeves was supposed to play this role. Whoa, whoa. And if you watch this movie, you can absolutely tell. <laughs> I just thought of Keanu Reeves with the horrible, bad, fake little five o'clock shadow yep. they gave Chris Klein. Yeah, uh, imagine that. Jean Reno as Alexei Petrovich. Ladies love Cool James as Marcus Ridley. Rebecca Romaine prior to Rebecca Romaine Stamos as Aurora, Aurora the Black Widow. I don't think they ever refer to her once as the Black Widow. Would have been great if her last name was Borealis. No. <laughs> Rebecca Romaine only accepted her part in the film once they agreed to remove a nude scene, which is weird because there's basically nude scenes anyway. Yeah, whatever. They're just not full on. They're in the dark. No, it's enough for a younger Jim to take care of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she also requested that they provide her with a very inconsistent, deep facial scar. <laughs> so she can deny that I was ever in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Naveen Andrews, shout out to Saeed Jarrah from Lost. Oh, yeah. Sanjay. And then anybody else worth mentioning, there's uh, Paul Heyman is the American sports announcer. Who has an opening credit cue, but in the final credits of the movie, he's buried down yeah. below. There's seem some cameo appearances by Pink Slipknot and Shane McMahon. That's right. Which weirdly. actor, here, this, this is going to be good. <laughs> Which actor or actress gives a passable performance? It can include the lead characters. Uh, I would say Paul Heyman. He's the only one that provides any information exactly. at all. He is the most dialogue. Aurora just got hammered. That son of a bitch has got to be eight feet tall. Yeah. 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 I think he literally has the most lines in this movie. I agree. I would have. That was my pick, too. It's Paul Heyman. Because at the very beginning, over all the sounds of fucking motorcycles, all this shit going on, you're hearing snap cuts going to production trucks about fucking ratings. Paul Heyman in 30 seconds tells you, this is how you score in rollerball. A team must go around the track twice, maintaining possession of the rollerball before they can score. The ball must be held at all times. Player gear may be only used to dislodge the ball or prevent a score. A team gaining possession must first do the rabbit hole. That's that killer tunnel above each bench. Then make one circuit for enemy territory, and then they are eligible to score. All you really have to know is there's only one way to score. And that's when a player takes one of the balls, wings it, and one of the iron goals hard enough to set off the pyro. As for the rest of the rules, well, the rest of the rules are Russian and complicated. And then everything else throughout the movie, we don't see a score. We don't see anything, but when there are rollerball scenes, at least Paul Hammond gives you attention to it. That's it. I will say also LL Cool J. There's no way I'm going to die in this shithole of a country. No way. We left the rest of the team, Red. Hey, man, how many times are you going to have to get your head handed to you before you stop picking fights with people who are too big? This isn't some college coach you can just flick off. These are dangerous people, man. Look, John. She's safe. 
because who hasn't aged since 1987 and he was on conan o'brien talking about this and he basically said well the movie sucked but i promote it anyway like because i'm a professional and and good for him because he does his thing until he's abruptly killed and you kind of don't ever get the payoff to know whether he's really dead like you almost think he's gonna come back you're assuming because he kind of gets killed from a distance and there's no like Jonathan holding him in his arms going, no, it's just like, Do oh, he just died. Mick Tiernan probably in the back of his head, big, there's going to be rollerball too. People yeah. want more rollerball. Yes. Absolutely. Ridley's revenge. All right. So speaking of Marcus getting shot, let's talk about our favorite scenes. I know that this is going to be brutal. Wow. Who wants to throw their hat in the ring first? I don't know if favorite would be the right word. Be like something we understood scene. Corey. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the end. (laughs) Yeah. I guess two scenes in one where she's like, if you're up for it, we could bang it out, you know, right yeah, at the end. Go to my and, apartment. Yeah. And bang it out. He or, just almost got killed. Where are we headed? To a doctor to start with. And then if you're able, I thought I might take you home to my bed. Or right after that, when the credits roll, then you finally, you're like, it's done. It's <laughs> done. I don't have to try to make sense of this anymore. The one thing I never understood about the Jonathan Cross character in this movie is he's so wildly famous, yet in certain scenes, like where they blow up his car with a Molotov cocktail, people don't realize that that's fucking Jonathan's car. They don't realize they Jonathan. Care. It's just weird, though. You think with a country so fixated about one sport, But until the end of the movie, when I don't remember the character's name, who jumps up and says, don't you see they're killing him? Oh, Denny. It's for ratings. Yeah. Before Denny opens the crowd's eyes, bird box style. They eat everything Alexi gives to them. So they like are in it for the sport. Take, for example, the guy. Who, when rollerball gets turned off the TV for a half a second, yeah. he breaks the TV before seeing if it comes back on. He smashes the TV in the bar because he wants his rollerball. Like he wants his MTV. The one logical thing that Jean Renault's character, uh, Lexi, said, and when he was at the mines, he's like, You might wonder why I'm not in it myself. I don't need to own the mines, Jonathan. You know why? Because I own the man who owns the mines. All he has, I have. Same with the supermarkets, uh, TV station, locomotive plant. I don't need a political position because I own the men who do. Listen, I don't need to be a political figure. I own the guy who is the political figure. I don't need to be a TV head. I own the guy who owns TV. That's probably the most logic throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And it seems like you think with the original Rollerball, which you're like, it seems like a four hour movie and it's an hour 40. This movie, you're like, when are we going to start figuring yeah. shit out? Yeah, for me, these two, those two movies need to meet in the middle. Like, yeah. the all the exposition and talking and the slow burn of the original. And then this one's like 95% action. You got to listen real close you to get to. any morsel of plot. Or- well, Tunza brought up a perfect fact about the sound editing. Oh, it's terrible. It's horrible. I, you can't yeah. hear shit. For me, you meet in the middle. You have more exposition. And if they could decide what they wanted this movie to be, because... It's not a rollerball movie, despite being called rollerball. It's about powerful businessman and his ownership, in quotes, of the players and the teams. We are the hottest sports entertainment startup in the world, bar none. We have to pay a couple of the headliners, but the rest get bollocks. We get them to fight for peanuts. And like Jim said at the mines, he said, I own these guys. Like, that's the dynamic. That's the story that they were telling. They could have done that so much better. Yeah. It's all about tell that story. No, they didn't tell that story. That's an hour and 10 minutes into the movie. I didn't get any of that from what I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. There's just uh, the opening scene is, which I guess could be a best scene where. Yeah, Jonathan is. Well, why don't you go ahead and yeah, go tons. Oh, my favorite part is just them bluging down like Saint, or San Francisco's hills, going super fast. Yeah, so Jonathan's in a van, and they basically say, "Winner take all." X Games. They're doing <laughs> X Game luge down San Francisco streets. They're ready. Three photographers, two hundred fifty dollars each. I thought it was four hundred each. Kid, are you in or out? I'm in. The one guy somehow gets launched through the window of like a Don't storefront. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan abandons ship because there's cops waiting for him. And that's when Marcus, which we'll talk about later, yeah. uh, scoops up and gets him. 
But that scene's 10 minutes, maybe. Well, then it sets the tone. They did so many jump cuts that were terrible. Like, they, he hit his elbow on a car, and they yeah. cut back to play it again from a different angle where you, like, you could see him just, like, like yeah. flap his arm into it. So you've got, you've got that scene about 10 minutes, and then it jumps four months in the future, and four months <laughs> already Jonathan is the biggest rollerball roller player in history. the world. Four months later. The next 20 minutes, we were like 38 minutes into the movie. There's the luge scene. There's a really, really long scene of them playing rollerball. No score. Nothing. No who's winning. They just show like really quick, like barely, barely do we get the rules. Yeah. You just get a bunch of action, but like action without meaning means nothing. Like without telling us the stakes of why they're doing this. You want us to be in the game. You want us to understand why rollerball is such a essential sport, but it's such a secondary character in this movie. It's it's. I don't even think it's a secondary. This sport character. would yeah. be too hard to. I mean, NFL, in fairness, has a kind of a complicated rule set to explain to somebody who's not an NFL fan. But like rollerball is not just turn it on and watch. Like it's there's too much to understand for well, this like, to be so. Me big. and you have both seen the first movie. At least with the first movie. Rollerball is literally on the same thing as you watch roller derby. It's just a rink. That's yeah, no it. motorcycles. This movie's <laughs> arena no. is so fucking gravity does not exist no. in Kazakhstan. Let's just say it right no, now. Razor sharp high lie paddles. So my first best scene, you have Slipknot doing a performance in Mongolia in what appears to be a bus station. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the impressive thing about this scene, Slipknot did not film for this movie. They recorded that from a live performance and digitally put it in the movie, and it's pretty seamless. It's phenomenal. Them putting Slipknot in the movie compared to the (laughs) animation... Of them playing rollerball that looks, it it's looks like a an early 90s. animated version of like an airplane oxygen manual. Pretty much. <laughs> it's so bad. Dude cuts the gas line on Aurora's motorcycle and then they set it on fire. Aurora! So then Aurora's riding around on the track with her motorcycle on fire and she doesn't know. Marcus is yelling across the entire, like the arena at her. She's not going to hear him. He swoops in. He pulls her off her motorcycle. It's pretty impressive. But in doing so, he loses control of his motorcycle and he launches into the crowd where he probably kills someone. He saves Aurora, but he probably kills a Kazakhstan man. Anybody else, especially because the the next scene, they go to the hotel, the hospital and LL Cool J's. All right. He's kind of banged up. Anybody else? Dead. Absolutely yeah. dead. Feel like Freddy Krueger. How is he, doctor? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm good. He should be rested. I feel he fine. Should. I can play. Hey, you sure about that? I feel fine. Are you up to it? Hey, it was after all just an accident, huh? You don't know how glad I am to hear you say that. It also showed the bike landing on him, but then yeah. they did the replay four times, and it's like yeah. ten feet away. Yeah, yeah that's fine. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, okay. and then the last. Well, I actually have two more. I don't. Does anybody else have anything? They want God, to how do you have that many? Yeah, I do. Wow. I wanted something to talk about. So the night vision scene <laughs> oh, Jesus. of Jonathan yes. and Marcus trying to get to the borders. Listen, I haven't seen lights in about an hour. Why don't we back it off a little? How fast are we going anyway? I don't know. It's a clicks. Well, how fast is it? He clicks then. One ten. One twenty. Not so bad. Why did they put a night vision scene? <laughs> that actually preceded by this scene is Marcus launching into the crowd after seeing Aurora. Aurora. After seeing Aurora's motorcycle get caught on fire, Marcus decides, okay, it's time to get out of here. They're going to kill us. So they make a plan to escape and get to the border where they'll be safe, which I kind of question whether they'd be safe. Wouldn't these guys have passports cross the border and just chase them? Yeah. Weird. So the whole sh- the whole scene from Marcus and Jonathan in, the in truck. A, a truck is shot in night vision, like Paris Hilton porn video night it's, vision. It's bad night vision, too. And then they, I don't remember exactly how, but they get a motorcycle, no goggles, no helmets, through the desert. They drive through a gate. They don't lose control. No. They're being chased by an airplane. It's fine. Yeah. And they're almost at the border. Of course, cliche, the bridge starts to open up and they have to jump it. And they decide that they can't make it together. They have to go individually. We can make it. Won't work, not double. 
Then you go. Don't get saintly on me, Ridley. Look, I got you into this. Your you kids. Go. go home. Ridley, I'll be fine, I promise. No! Get to the American consulate on the other side. They'll have me on a plane first thing in the morning. Go! Get out of here, go! For the reason of Marcus having kids, which we're just learning about this now, I no think. No idea. None. So Marcus has a family back home, which... Did he not in the club spend his entire time talking to those twins? Yeah. Anyhow. So Marcus is going to make a run for the border and Alexi's like henchmen are the best shots in the dark ever <laughs> in the dark. No lights anywhere. Middle of the desert. What is that? 300 yards yeah. at least. You still got wind and all that shit. They make two shots. They make one shot to knock Marcus and Jonathan off the motorcycle. And then as Marcus is about to cross the border, they shoot him. It's incredible. You think they shoot him. All you really see is the bike taking an impact. It's like you, tons of called it a SOCOM mission. It's like very <laughs> Call of Duty or SOCOM. Yeah, yeah, I also thought the guy with the sniper was the owner of the team. That would have been even better. Yeah. I thought it was him and not like the guy that owns the whole thing owns everybody. Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand that. That and scene's also really hard to follow. Also, how's the Russian border <laughs> not like shooting down that plane? And like, Oh, yeah. Dude, they're like five feet from it. <laughs> but those soldiers don't seem to be fucking bothered by yeah, dude, oncoming get, fire. Get shot I, I don't down know like, oh, what the rules of jurisdiction are, but there's a guy dying five feet from your border and they're just kind of. You got an evil can evil motherfucker just jumping out of the dark. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't allow him to get close, but no. yeah, no. exactly. At the very least, they would be like, stop, you know, and you would have more than just two guys patrolling the Russian border. Okay. You would have an Dude, army tank. You a had plane just landed on the ground, dropped people off, flew again. <laughs> and uh, finally, a scene which is a hundred percent logic issue. Jonathan returns to the locker room, their home locker room, where Aurora is there having a late night lifting session without a shirt on. Yeah. She's lifting weights topless. Kevin, have you not lifted and just felt constricted? <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> Sometimes I like to do leg presses, no pants on. Yeah. Just let my balls fancy uh, At the gym, where are you going? Yeah, so then fuck yeah. Continue with the logic. When she, realizes, when she realizes Jonathan's there, she breaks the security cameras. Mm -hmm. Why, I don't know. She's fine with them watching her lift topless. Yeah. But they can't possibly see her and Jonathan. She, she breaks the cameras. They do it. Apparently, she lives in the boiler room, <laughs> like with Freddy Krueger. Pretty and, much. Because her face is scarred. Yeah, maybe. That's what they said. Maybe. She lives in the dark. Yeah, she lives in the dark. So that's when we get the classic. You think we could do this in a bed sometime? You know, with sheets and stuff? Thanks, Prince Virtus. That should be our secret. Hmm. How could I forget? It could be used against us. <laughs> Against me. You're untouchable. Come on, Aurora. You don't need to hide all the time. I don't. Yes, you do. You live in the dark, for Christ's sake. Yeah, your face isn't nearly as bad as you think. Hey, you're not half ugly or whatever she says to her. <laughs> Your face isn't as bad as you think it is. And they also have CCTV access that's my, in the sauna. That's my favorite part of it. I, so yeah. in the boiler room where she lives, like Freddy Krueger, he tells her that the one, the special needs guy that's on their team who gets attacked, he gets his helmet knocked off. He got then, set up. Yeah, he got set up. He tells her, hey, the helmet was cut. I think his name's Joba Boba. At least Joba. Joba. Something like that. So he, he gets his helmet knocked off. He gets hit in the face. He gets removed, go to the hospital, whatever. She's able to access the replays from every angle from her boiler room apartment. It's bad. It makes no sense. Anybody else have anything they want to mention in best scenes? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, not necessarily best scenes. I'm not like, even sure if I saw memorable. <laughs> Tons of watched it, but it just didn't. Yeah, it didn't register. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, even, I don't even smoke anymore. It maybe that's what I needed. Yeah, that <laughs> so, might have been a lot better. Kept my attention a little. Let's take a brief break. Now, normally that would cue our pool check, everyone getting out of the pool so that we could uh, select from a topic. No pool check on this episode. I'm sorry that you're disappointed. However, to make up for it next week, we will be releasing an after hour special and we'll tell you the topic right now. We are going to be selecting things that should be or should have been video games. 
So movies, TV shows, moments from history, literally whatever we could come up with. Yes. All right. So with that said, let's get back in the pool and let's finish this episode. This week's critical question. Oh, man. It's a would you rather. Not watch this movie. So we're going to go around the horn. Okay. It's probably not as simple as just picking one or the other because there's layers to it. Would you rather be a struggling to make a roster in a major professional sport, maybe ending up with a two or three year career with a league minimum contract? So NFL, pro baseball, NBA, whatever it is, would you rather have a two to three year career league minimum, not really make any money? And then after you open a car dealership or an insurance agency or whatever, or Would you rather be the face of an alternative sport like rollerball, arena football, slam ball, battle dome? In this scenario, you have a mild level of fame, but make enough money to have a comfortable lifestyle forever. I'm the face of some alternative sport. You want to be the 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get to live in the limelight a little bit. I get to fuck around, do whatever. Yeah. You drive cars. You'd be famous for like a year or two. Yeah. And then probably phase out. Well, if you're smart, you can parlay it into something. Like I mentioned, Battle Dome. Yeah. Had Terry Crews. T Money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terry Crews was T Money on Battle Dome. And then look at him now. How about you, Corey? Um, I probably want to make the league minimum because you'd make more connections because it's a bigger sport. So it might be easier to live afterwards. Plus, like, what if that alternative sport kills you? What the hell are they doing? What are you going to stop this? Well, I, then you got I nothing. <laughs> well, I will say, like I said, there's layers to it. So if your dream was to play in the NFL, being the face of arena football is never going to satisfy no. your wish and dream to be in the NFL. So even if you only played two or three years in the NFL, at least you can say, and you could probably like run some football camps and, you know, be a hometown hero. Be that guy from your hometown who played in the NFL. And again, Kurt Warner was probably the only one I can think of arena football wise that actually ascended to the next level. Well, most most of these guys, I mean, there's like in soccer, there's so many tiers. So if you use that example, like, would you rather play in the fourth level of your of English soccer or would you rather be like the star of arena soccer? Yeah, it, it's tough for me because the second part of it is what would propel me to say the face of an alternative league. Because I would do conventions. Mm-hmm. You would live comfortably forever because you made enough money yeah. doing that. As Get the appearance face of the fees. And- Rather than being like, okay, I played in the NFL for three years. That's great. Yeah. I have no money. And now I have to get a real job. You would be like almost tortured. I mean, depending on your personality, but you'd be almost tortured the rest of your life to be like, I was there, I was this close, and now I work at Sonic. Then again, <laughs> the last thing you want to be, if you're starting to do the convention circuit, you don't want to be Virgil. No, you don't want to be that guy who no. people just get the fuck out of here, yeah. man. Yep. You had your moment in the limelight leave. Yes. But I think you could even do that, though. Like tons of said, take the notoriety, but know when to walk off the stage. Yeah. A lot of these guys don't like we see this with pro wrestlers and the wrestler brought it up perfectly. Randy, the Ram still going to these church shows. Yep. You meet these guys through our childhood where we just adored. I'm literally just meeting this guy at a fucking bingo hall. Yeah. There's got to be a part of him inside. He's getting a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. But there's got, you just know he's dying on the inside. I think a lot of this question is tied back to just your personality. I mean, yeah. if you're like, if you're happy with yourself at the end of the day to say like, I was the champion of rollerball. It was an awesome five years. I've moved on with my life. I'm ha- I have a wife or kids or husband, whatever. And I'm happy with where I am. Yeah. You know, I have a nice house, nice car, and I'm happy that I did that. But like I said, there's a a burning for some guys who like decide it's their dream to, I want to play in the NBA someday. So playing in China is never going to satisfy. Like look at Jimmer Fredette, who's drafted in the NBA. He averages like 60 points a game in China. I'd rather average six points a game in the NBA than 60 in China. Look at Marbury. Marbury is a god in China. Yes, exactly. It's crazy. I guess it would just depend on like, if you have intentions or like me, I don't have any ambition to be any sports guy. Yeah. Like I like skateboarding. That yeah. was my thing. And I never got into like soccer, football as much as like you guys, I guess. Yeah. So me being the top of anything's better than me being mid tier at something I didn't even have yeah. interest in. I mean, let me do slam ball, do some dunks, sign some jerseys, you know, do whatever. Now I have a hypothetical question. Let's go. Let's go deeper into this. Where do you think Jonathan goes after this? Just because prison. 
He, <laughs> he killed he, two people. There's a warrant for him. As he soon was. As he, he doesn't have the, a passport. He's the greatest rollerballer in history. Four months he played in the league for four months before the whole league went down. He has to stay in that country. It's not big in America. That's what he, the whole what North African cattle deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm this close to a North American cattle deal. So that's a key component because he's an unknown the North here. American yeah. cable deal that so eloquently sounds like North African Everything cattle, cattle deal. deal. Nobody in the in North America knows who Jonathan is. Exactly. He can melt right America, back in. He was a failing hockey player. And he was obviously like he was one step away from doing hand jobs for crack. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about this in logic. He, <laughs> so when he goes back to America, nobody knows who he is. I have to imagine he didn't develop any skills. I don't think he had any liquid money in Kazakhstan to bring yeah. home. So he comes back to America. He's in the exact same situation. How many people with those gloves? But I mean, I guess it's only been four months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Give or take. Yeah. So you could have just, you know, and he's killed. How many people did he kill in that? Like six people he killed? Did he kill anybody in the arena? Like he, sh- like he murdered them. He's going to be homeless in San Francisco, wandering the streets talking about how he killed people. <laughs> you guys, I was real big in this TV show. Yeah. He's going to stand outside Starbucks with a cup and he's going to say, I was the biggest star in the world. I, we had a 98.1 rating. That's the thing. He's going to kill two people. He's going to have to, too. which would make an interesting rollerball, too, because he'd have to deny who he was especially over here because he has a murder rap. See, this movie could have been so many things. It could have been. It could have been this great suspenseful, like I said, this relationship between a powerful person who owns everyone and they rebel against them. It could have been a modern running man. Yes. Like it could have been like a very, like the rebellion could have been halfway through the movie Mm -hmm. or there could have been a rollerball too. Jonathan goes back to America, thinks he's in the clear What's Saeed say at the end of the movie? Sanjay, he says... But one of the basic rules in this sort of thing is that you must never kill a tyrant unless you made an arrangement with his successor. You got to think is there's probably another person behind Sanjay who then sends people to America and Jonathan's on the run. How great would that be? Because people are going to want to recoup the money that he just fucked them all out of. Yes. They also, they also took their passports and all their money. Yeah. What's he really going to do when he leaves? Like He's, he's going to cross so many borders. going to be on the run. It's a better yeah. movie. Like, he's just going to her apartment. Yes. it's Yeah, he's going to her <laughs> apartment. Sex. He's going to the place where they would automatically assume he's going. <laughs> yeah. maybe, this, maybe 15 minutes after this movie, they both end up with bullets in their head. <laughs> All right. So with that said, we've got a lot to talk about in logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Oh, boy. I think Wahlberg should have played. Jonathan, just Kazakhstan's pretty nice, guys. Hey, guys, isn't this place great? All right, first logic for me. The movie. Chris Klein's 5 O'Clock Shadow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was a long night, huh? It was, yeah. Party, the usual thing with the team. It looks like they put a stencil on his face and just... Stip- Hold still. Stippled it on still. at, like, a mall airbrush place. It's horrible. It's in one scene only. It is 100% painted on. Whose fucking idea was that? Like, listen, he's been out. Guys, I don't think this looks so good. No, it's great. It's great. Chris, it looks fucking great, Oz. (laughs) Why do you keep calling me Oz? That was from American Pie. You're the man, Ozzy. Okay, paint it on. Come on, say it. Suck me, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Suck me, beautiful. Suck me, beautiful. Who wants to go next? Let's just uh, go around Robin. Um... I guess you go back to like the the scene where they snipe from like 300 yards yeah. away. How is that even? That's physically not everything possible. about that scene. They're riding a motorcycle through the desert. You couldn't do that in a lighted parking lot with no other traffic. And their eyes are open, mind you. Eyes open, talking yeah. also, to each other. they land that plane like 100 yards in front of them. Yeah. And it's like, that would have took yes, you down. The, the jet, jet wash. Yep. And then somehow the plane, it's a big ass like C-130, starts following them into the fucking grasslands yes. too. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I did not, Russia didn't bomb them. Yeah. There was, yes, there's an aircraft carrier firing like things. And the Russian military is right there. They have to assume this is an attack of some sort. You would think. I also thought we were by the Ukraine. Because <laughs> when they showed that map, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I wouldn't trust anything this movie shows you. Dude, the motorcycle goes down the side of a mount with no problem. They fall in with the Jeep. As soon as the Jeep hits the peak of it, that fucking thing goes ass over tea kettle. 
Motorcycle completely fine. Yep. Also, so when he jumps the bridge, yeah, Rusty, like the guards right there would have just shot him, yeah, killed him, right. and that would have made that scene I don't so think much they better. They would even got close. Yes. Honestly, when I don't know what the jurisdiction is for like them crossing the border or whatever, but if there is a bridge that opens like that close to the border, there would be both Kazakhstan and Russian soldiers manning. It wouldn't be just Russian border. There would be the Russian side and the Kazakhstan side. When that bridge opens and closes, they're trying to control the traffic. So the Kazakhstan military would be there absolutely not allowing somebody to jump a motorcycle over. Well, here's the thing with a border crossing. You're not only going to just have the Russians on one side. You're going to have Kazakhstanis on the other side. Yes. Plus, here's the thing. That bridge opening seems rather big. For such a small little river, you're not going to have an oil tanker go through there no, either. It's it's way too big. It's in the middle of the desert. There's yeah. not like some, the Nile River doesn't flow through there. No. You'd also probably have a boat patrolling underneath. You would like, think. You'd have like, a lot. Also, yeah, they didn't like, have passports. All they had is like some cash. Were they going to bribe the guards? Well, I think, they can't speak uh, well, any language right, other than English. There's yeah. a logic issue. Yeah. So Denny. Yeah. There's a scene in the nightclub where Denny's pissed. He's just doing shot after shot. He's talking to one of the guys from the mines. I think it's his brother. Yeah, it's his brother. And Jonathan's like, little wild tonight, Denny. What happened? Could have happened to any of us. It's just, it's very bad shit, man. It's a rough game. That's why we get paid, you know? You make it a hundred times what I do. Hey, why, why the sad face? Turn that frown upside down. He doesn't say that. And <laughs> I he, wish he did. And he says, and Denny says, uh, what's he say? 10 times more than I do. You make 100, 100 times more than I do. You make 100 times what I do. And he doesn't realize at all. And he, he has just, his fucking helmet. He's so stupid. Yeah. He has and his helmet. so knowing that piece of information that they told us probably for that reason, Jonathan making way more money. Again, my theory is this. None of it's liquid to him. Yeah. You know, he's being given cars, given an apartment, given, you know, sponsorships and fame. He's not actually physically seeing any of this. Well, after his car got Molotov, yeah, when they, they showed up at the other team's place on the airport, he came rolling oh, in on another they car. They replace it with an even more rare Shelby. Exactly. So anyhow, flash forward to when Marcus and Jonathan and Aurora decide, well, it's Aurora doesn't have a passport. They can't leave the country. Denny gives them two fat wads of cash and says it's from the team, the team raised this for you cash from a place your apartment was being watched all the time the players put this together why <laughs> how how why how do you have so much money and why are you giving it away this you, is crazy you know what blows my mind throughout this whole movie it makes no sense but they hammer home the fucking passport thing constantly yes you need a passport you need this you need that you need that tell me more about the fucking game in which the movie is named after. Yeah. tell me more about give me the history of rollerball who won last year's championship? Give me fucking some, how, give me a score. How is Jonathan the most popular player ever? Because we don't know if this league's existed for 20 years, 50 yes. years. You know, this is the first season. We don't know. And if it is the first season, well, it can't be because LL comes and recruits him. Even if it's the second. It's got to be at least two years going. Crazy. Okay. Also, before he kills like the, what, the owner of everything, he was like, I made this for you. Yeah. Motherfucker, you, this no. has been like two years and he's <laughs> four months into it. Like, yeah. how's this work? I got a big one. Okay. Blows my mind. So. Jonathan, the X-game loser, athlete, big man who lives in a hotel slum in San Francisco, a very rundown hotel slum, was going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Hailing from the wide open plains of Texas, a former rodeo champion and the first round draft pick by the prestigious National Hockey League back in the States. Considered the next Wayne Gretzky, he turned down a king's ransom for the NHL to play here in a real man's league. They bring up the point that he was going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Somebody that popular is not going to be struggling to find an NHL team when you've already been donned the next Wayne Gretzky. They're not going to let you leave your talent behind. The thing that doesn't make sense. So two things about that. One, this movie doesn't consider in the distant future of 2005. This movie doesn't consider... (laughs) how hockey works. There's junior leagues. There's college. If Jonathan's not actively playing in college or a junior league, you're not going to be Wayne Gretzky. You're not going to be Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) You're not going to be Grain Wetzky. (laughs) You're like, so that, and they almost imply, and like I was reading Robert fuck. (laughs) I love Robert. Robert fuck is amazing. The motor fuck. I was reading (laughs) the review from Roger Ebert. 
And Roger Ebert is under the impression, which is a little bit implied, yeah. that Jonathan truly did not plan on leaving, except after the street luge, he's now wanted. He has five stars on GTA. Pretty much. So he has to leave the country because he's now wanted over a street luge, which is probably like what? A $200 fine. He goes from leaving the country doing a street luge to murdering six people and being completely content with life. We're noticing a pattern with Jonathan. Exactly. So do you think he's like addicted to drugs and that's why he doesn't go to the NHL? Because if he, he says he rejects his offer to the Kings. That means one of the other teams would give him an offer if he's he would, Wayne yeah, Gretzky. At the time, what were there 26 other teams that probably would have given him a, guys, we got the next Wayne Gretzky well, here. He's living at the Abner Hotel. They, <laughs> the, the whole premise, like everything about it is fixed with simple writing. Jonathan becomes, and it's Marcus says, They love Americans over there, especially baby-faced boy next door types like you. But Jonathan is like an NHL reject. If you got like a real athlete over here, because like didn't, Marcus say he was doing taxes. Yeah. I make more in a season here than I would 10 years doing people's taxes. They're not going to let anything happen to us. They need us. So just close your eyes and take the money, okay? So, like, get a an NFL player who couldn't make the league or a hockey player who whatever, who was, like, a true two- or three-year contract guy who comes over. They would be immensely better than Jonathan. Not some sort of fucking reject. No. Like, that could have been fixed with saying, like Corey said, Okay, he got kicked out for smoking pot. Yeah, like they kicked him out of the or league. Or yes. he's an adrenaline junkie. And that's yeah. the reason he right. chose that over. Exa- that's perfect. That yes, is perfect. Excellent. Like, he plays for an NHL team, but he can't stop getting in motorcycle wrecks and skydiving and whatever. Or you could even have him like fist fight like the coach or the, yes, the owner. It, they even say that because Marcus says to him something like, what you do, hit him? Coach wanted me to play D. What you do, hit him? <laughs> Should have. He's like, I should have. Yeah, right. So just imply that he's like aggressive and no owner wants to take a shot on him. And that's why he goes. It's simple shit. It would have just been easy to figure out. Well, supposedly there's what, a four hour cut of this? There's like, a, I think they said like a <laughs> oh two hour, God. like 30 or 40 minute cut that when they had audiences review it, they said, this makes no sense and it's too long. <laughs> Holy shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense now. And it's they cut the long. wrong stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, will, kept I will say there's some scenes. If you like cut it right, it could make a completely yes. different movie. If there was more exposition where they explain things better again, the stakes for everything they do. Like why is Jonathan street losing for 500 bucks or whatever? Yeah. Like why? I don't understand that. Cut either. out that whole, just go right to the or explain it. He's hard up. He's living in the gutter. He needs the $500 or he's an adrenaline junkie. He does it because he loves it. They can fix it in so many ways. So speaking of that scene, they're racing for winner takes all prize. The one dude has like the proper amount of protective gear. gear. He looks like Cyrax from Mortal Kombat. Pretty much. And then Jonathan has a helmet and a bad wig and a wig and blue jeans and like a shirt. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm fine. And then the Cyrax dude ends up flipping through a window of a store. Defying gravity. My next one, the instant ratings thing. It still doesn't exist. You're not going to get instant ratings. I don't think you want it. Like, the whole no. premise of this movie is built around such a flawed concept. Horrible. Because the idea is, okay, we're watching the ratings. And even when the games are shit, they're still getting like a 14 or 15, which is bonkers. Yeah. And then they stage fake violence. And as soon as they do, the ratings go up. How? There's no way. How would people in 2005 know to turn on the TV to see that? It Heels would not boxes. affect... It would affect next week's ratings. If you heard, hey, this guy got his head sliced off, you'd watch the next week. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't turn it on right then. You know, Twitter didn't exist. Like The best part of that is the fact that the following week, they have worse ratings. Yeah. (laughs) It was rated 7-2, and then they give him the look, and next thing you know, Jimmy, the fucking window open. Let's have shit happen. Yeah, they like hit somebody somebody with whatever, and when that happens, the ratings go up. It makes... No sense. And we saw at the very final, the final match after Jonathan starts executing people at will, you get a quick shot of the TV and it says 98.1 rating. There's no fucking, and this is not a country rating. This isn't a two state rating. This is a global rating, which means people in the fucking Shire have a TV programmed a rollerball. Excluding China, Japan. It's like all of Asia yeah. would have to be watching. Exactly. Like every country. India. 
Yes, Pulse they, Mash. Yes, they would all have to be tuned in. So yep. there's a super weird. They show all these news segments of like people. I'm assuming explaining what's going on, hyping up the next week's show, but there's no subtitles. There's nothing. Yeah. There's Why no. aren't there? There's selective subtitles. Yeah. If they would have just thrown fucking subtitles in throughout this whole movie, I would understand what's happening. And I understood they like they had people from all over, so they're jumping around like multiple languages. But there's just like one, and it's like, oh, he said ten words, but we're gonna be like nice boy or whatever he fucking. Like said. when they're in a production truck, there seems to be. I mean, there's a couple scenes in that same production truck where they're all speaking Russian. Don't you think that would give us some exposition of what's going on if you just put a caption? Was yes. there supposed to be? I wonder if that's just left out. I Who knows? There's a so lot of lazy. It. Anybody else have any logic that they want to mention? I like the neck scene. Yeah, that weird, <laughs> weird neck scene. Him, like, never seen a call uh, something that's identifiable. Well, it, it's just his neck. I will <laughs> say it was very odd when... I don't even remember what happened. Somebody pulls Aurora off her bike or something. Andrew Benarski. Yeah. yeah, pulls her off her bike. They do a zoom in of a dude's neck, the back of his neck. And you're just like, ah, that's a weird shot out of place. Two earrings. So then later when she gets traded, she recognizes that neck. She has a flashback to remembering the neck impressive i've never seen too many people's necks that are like unique enough from behind also he if she just got thrown off the bike she probably never no. seen his neck no. to recognize it she's gonna be somewhat fucked up <laughs> yeah. from the shots that these people take off of bikes they, yes. al- they also refer to him as eight foot tall yeah. and then they said who are these guys on the bench <laughs> yeah I also find it weird. It's near the middle, near the end of the movie. We find out that they're called the Red Horsemen. Uh, but as you found out, it was the same. The same actors, actors. played every team. Yep. That's why they put them in the costumes. Yep. One of my logic thing is I think there's only two proper landings of anything. Yeah. Between like rollerblading. Well, that's what I, they just did roster, so many bad cuts. These rosters would have to have 50 players each because jumping off of a giant like hole down into a vertical drop. And then, like, a, a motorcycle comes flying by. These people would be at least, like, broken arms and legs every week. Yeah, virtually impossible. So it'd be 100 times better if it was set on Mars, like you said. Yeah. And, like, so more that, sci-fi. That's a good transition. Why don't we talk about <laughs> legacy? Two years later. So there's no legacy in this movie. I mean, it, it, it doesn't hold up. It's not worth watching. You know, the soundtrack wasn't songs written for the soundtrack. They were just borrowed. It's perfect 2000s rock. So there's no no legacy to this movie that needs talked about. With that said, why don't we go around and everybody kind of pitch what they think would have made a better movie. Uh, and Dunza, uh, you were just talking about it. Oh, like you said, like I think uh, Mars, like dystopian. Yeah. Test. So when you guys told me the old movie, like it was more like corporations taking over, they could have set that up like 100%. Yeah. Like just everything's an ad, like idiocracy. Yes. Like just like that, but with this rollerball, maybe, yep. you know, smarter people. But it wasn't that at all. I don't know what was going on. We watched, I mean, it was an hour, what, 37 minutes? Something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah. And if I didn't talk to you guys, I wouldn't know a single thing about yeah. it. Like you said, the sound makes us awful. It's oh, yeah. Absolutely. When they're in the club, it's, I'm right next to your one speaker. Yeah. It's like popping random conversations, not the main people. And I'm like, what is this? Why am I hearing about, oh, I got the number. T- they get their jersey numbers tattooed on their face. Jim, what would your your better version of this movie be? I think they should have just continued more off of the original because I, I love the original. I love 70 sci-fi. It's flawed. I totally understand it. It's flawed. But at least with the original movie, with they had background. Like they talked about the corporate wars and how well, these corporations took over these teams. But at least you start the original movie right into fucking rollerball. And then it develops who Jonathan is and why Jonathan E is the greatest rollerballer of all time. What I think you need to do, cut through all the minutia and BS, focus on rollerball. This whole movie doesn't focus on rollerball. No. It focuses on the rating. So you're saying make it a sports movie. Make it a sports movie. Yeah. I think you need to because I think more people would relate to it more if it was a straight on sports movie. You and know, if you wanted to do Keanu Reeves. You know a movie that this reminds me of in a way is Arena. Yes, whore. Because Arena is, it was way ahead of its time. It's alien MMA. It's an Amer like an American human fighter yeah. on another planet fights. You know, he's trying to get to the champion horn, but it's all fixed and controlled by like a Weasley owner. This movie and th- that movie relies much more heavily on the training, the fights, a little bit of romance, but it's a sports movie with aliens and sci-fi, but just sprinkles in just enough of that. 
This movie leans too heavily on the rating stuff, which is built on a flawed premise. And plus, the original, I keep using the original as a, a reference. The original was a global sport. There were teams in Houston, Tokyo, Madrid. This is basically Asia and Europe in the middle. That's it. So there's not even a wide enough audience to understand the complexity that is rollerball. And it drives me nuts. Corey, what's your, your um, better idea? So I kind of agree with Jim that it should be more like sports related, but I think it should be like dodgeball where it's like a tournament and you show like little clips and be less serious because yeah. it's just so more it's of like so, a comedy. It's, yeah. it's like, so ridiculous that these people are in these crazy costumes. The sport itself is dumb. Lean into that. The extravagance yeah, like, of... I think if you did that, it would probably still bomb when it came out, but it'd be like one of those cult movies where yeah. like everyone goes and does something random because it's like, oh, you got to put your mask on at that certain scene or something crazy. Yeah. yeah. But if it was a comedy, you, like you said, you dive into these corgi weird things. And I then, mean, Rebecca Romaine's character is called Black Widow. Isn't she called or just called the Red Widow or Black whatever? Widow. Yeah. Black Widow. Why? She, like, she, she, where's a mask? She, she could have just put a spider on the mask. Exactly. Do something. Terrible. I mean, tons of thought the one woman was a clown. <laughs> yeah. I still don't think we know what she is. No. We, all, no. we all said different things. I said like a witch doctor. You said yeah. something. I have like, I have like three solutions for this movie. One, keep the movie as is, except character development. We need to know more about Marcus. We need to know more about Jonathan. We need to know more about Aurora. Give us that character development. Make us care. Take out a little bit of the, like, the rollerball scenes need cleaned up. They need to actually be more about winning and losing and not just literally playing. So basically, same movie, but rather the focus being, like, the corporation and the ratings, just the struggle between an owner. Because look at, like, Major League. Yeah. It's a movie about the struggle between the players and the owner. I like going bonkers with it and saying, like, like Tunza said, we talked about it when we watched it. Have this set rather than in 2005, 2055, 2155. Yeah. Jonathan goes to Mars and rollerball is this sport on Mars, but really lean into like the anti-gravity and just the fucking craziness. And you could even spin that be like the Martians don't like Jonathan because he's the one who came from Earth yes. and took over their yes. sport. So you have a sport specifically for the Martian colonies, it just works a lot better. Mm -hmm. And that's the struggle is Jonathan winning over. Maybe he is like, have racism there. And maybe Jonathan's like an, yeah, like an old school, like wrestling heel where he has to travel in the trunks of cars because these people are, they have to, you know, when Jonathan comes into the league, they have to close the arena or else people are throwing batteries or whatever at him. Jonathan is horn. Yeah, basically. So, do that or change it from roller. Like if you want to make this type of movie, just change it from rollerball and do like what I said before. Like Jonathan was this rollerball star. You don't have to tell us a ton about rollerball. Just know that he was a rollerball star who caused the league to fold. And now these guys are after him and make more of like a running man. That, like I'd love the running. That's man. What I was thinking the more we talked, I was like, I want more of the corporate like espionage, yes. like all this dirty. That's stuff. how it's shot. That's how the movie's shot. Yeah, as though like, it's like a an action thriller suspense. Like he's paranoid. He's getting followed everywhere yes. because he's like wanting to leak everything. But then I, they do some weird jump cut to something else yeah, and it takes you out of it. They didn't even double down on that. They started off like, okay, he's getting like, you know, his friend got hurt. He's going to turn him in. He's starting to look into things. See, it's all sketchy. They could have taken elements of the movie. Marcus get killed because of Jonathan, you yeah. know, and, and things like that. What well, starts with like that kid? Like once he got hurt, they start looking into that. Yeah. I think the chin strap's been cut. Where well, did you get this? It doesn't matter. No, you're right. It doesn't matter. If that fat swine was behind this, I will get the honor to take his team. Yeah, kid, this. What are you gonna do? I'll take care of it. I swear, my mother's grave. You know, corporate the Just, owner guys like doubling down on Jonathan. To don't get hurt. don't give us as much rollerball because all yeah. all you did was confuse us. And I think it should have been more like thriller, like car chases, like him kind of having like. We paranoia. just know that Jonathan is the star of this sport. You don't have to go into yeah, the sport. Exactly, Just tell yeah. us, cut it out. He's the biggest star in this international sport. And you could have Paul Heyman be the the narrator. Yep. Or Jonathan's yeah, best can, friend. Yes. Where he can like just even just fill you in. Like there's he like gives the little, you an exposition. Yeah, the little segments before a game or at the end of the game or like cut scenes, like how they do like a news broadcast like they kept trying to do. And you could still kind of make that movie and have the culmination 
still be the same. Mm-hmm. Where Jonathan's forced to play in a game, they capture him, they force him to play in a game with no rules, and he still starts revolution. I think yeah. I could just cut this movie better yeah. than it was made. Even with what's there, just need a couple like voiceovers to well, explain some stuff. Honestly, guys, I think we talked at length a little too much about Rollerball. <laughs> Dude, like, we got more out of more this than, than I thought deserved. we were. Like, yeah. we had Wow. A, a like, we good, said 15 minutes. <laughs> a good conversation about a movie that didn't deserve it. And I think we just wrote a better movie. I agree. So enough Rollerball. Stick around for some plugs. Hi. I'm Rob Leonard, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. This segment of the show is called The Landing Strip. But since all we do is kind of just bullshit and waste time, I think we should start calling this The Waste of Time. <laughs> and then uh, we'll have the Anthony Kiedis sound cue from uh, Point Break. That would be a waste of time. So last time you guys were here, we talked about things that should be movies. So just video games, books, and podcast, whatever, just things that should be movies. But I watched a movie that was a video game that became a movie. So did Jim. And it was Mortal Kombat. Yes. It was not good. Things are fine to just be okay. And any like everybody expects things to be like the greatest thing they've ever seen or total trash. Mortal Kombat's just okay. It was better than the original Mortal Kombat movie. I like the original better. So don't get me wrong. So I love I, the original. They, they, I love bad movies. Yeah. And the original is just like both of like Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat. And oh, so, so bad that they're laughable. This movie has, it's a little slow moving. Like the opening sequence is cool. It's gory as hell. But then there's like, there's like three minutes of this movie, three to five minutes of this movie where we're like, we're going full balls out on the fatality stuff and leaning into the gore. And then it's kind of, but I do like that. They did do some fan service, like in the middle of a fight, it just weirdly positioned where you go, finish him. And then fatality, you just don't say shit like that, but at least you got some fan service. You're right though. It's an average movie for a video game movie, which that's what it is, which I don't know how much it's going to end up making because they're alluded to making Mortal Kombat 2. Oh, there's going to be a second one. I would hope so, which I think The Miz would make a perfect Johnny Cage. Yeah. But I don't know. It was all right. What's your guys' favorite video game movie? Oh, I don't know. Wow. There's not a lot of good ones. Like Scott Pilgrim, but that's not a video game. Yeah, I mean, sort of. make a game. Yeah. Like a 2D yeah, That's video cool. game movies like Street Fighter, Bonkers. <laughs> Street Fighter Chun-Li with yeah. Chris Klein. Yeah, I mean, the original that, Mortal Kombat's are crazy. The FPS part in Doom is really cool. Yeah, yeah That's that part best. almost was worth sticking around mm-hmm. for. That movie's not good, and then you get the FPS, and you're like, this is sweet. Okay, what's better, this or Doom? Well, that's, oh, that's a weird... I would say Rollerball's better than Doom. I don't know. It's been a long time. At least so, I know what Doom is. It's so weird looking at The Rock from 03 now because he looks like such a tiny child. Now he's a fucking action <laughs> figure. He's a yeah. boulder now. Yeah, there's <sighs> there's not a lot of good video game movies. You know what video game movie I do like, but it's a little bit different. Have you ever seen Gamer? Oh, with, you've brought this up before. Michael C. Hall. We watched it at my house one time. That's right, we did. It's basically the future, and this guy, you play online video games, but you control prisoners. Oh yeah, and if you win enough death matches, you that prisoner gets pardoned. And it's got like Michael uh, Michael C. Hall from Dexter. It's got Gerard Butler. It's very like GTA as a movie, sort of. There's like some real weird stuff in it, and there's like some nanotechnology elements. Michael C. Hall plays the antagonist, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've watched the movie. It's good. Manhunt. I don't know. Is there a Manhunt movie? No, but that would be like what I think of when I think of that. Well, you bowled in a lot of those video game movies that were awful. Well, see, that gave video game movies a bad bad rap. Yeah, is when you bowled all like House of the Dead and stuff. Do you guys think any of them? And I haven't seen all of them, so I can't do a full judgment on it. Do you think any of the Resident Evil movies 
are decent. I think the second one is too, uh, uh, Apocalypse, yeah. where they had Nemesis in it, which is well, weird. I don't remember. One's not too bad. I think so, the first one's pretty good, yeah. actually. Don't tie it to Resident Evil, though. Don't but put it to the game. I'm pretty sure they made, what, six or seven of those movies? I don't remember. A, I, I you know what's a video game three. that needs turned into a movie? Saints Row. Because there's a absolute market for it. If you if you have to double down, yeah, like all the like stupid stuff, you can't start like the like the third. Yeah, no. you have to do yes. That. So because the one and two are actual gang affiliation kind of stuff. with that is. demographic and that you know marketing, but make it over the top and crazy. Yeah, I think it'd be. I agree. Insanely mm. fun. Well, we're not going to be talking about video games. Well, we are not video games turned into movies. Rather movies and other things turned into video games so we hope we you join us next week for an episode length after hours now we did this last time it was awesome it was awesome it was was really fun so we're gonna try it again so everyone at home listening thank you for joining us this week we look forward to hearing you from you next week and hear what your suggestions are for things that should be turned into video games until then silencia